Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're live. Uh, dang, that was a close call. YouTube's been messing with us, guys. I'll say this like I'm going to say on every single show. Go to Fightful.com. Go to FightfulPods.com. If you're saying, oh my gosh, Sean, this isn't showing up in my subscriptions. It's not on your channel. I'm not getting the notification. Well, the answer for you is Fightful.com, FightfulPods.com, especially Saturday and Sunday. The three of us will be here to review WrestleMania's night one and two, please join us because I'll be honest, YouTube is not going to help us. They're not going to try to make it better for us. They do not care. In the grand scheme of things, we we are just are not in their portfolio, so to speak. So <laughs> leave a thumbs up, subscribe. Do send a tweet to Team YouTube and ask them to fix whatever it is is going on. Hot dog. It's getting better. Some people are starting to get live notifications. I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. But we got two fairly inconsequential. I, okay, actually, I wouldn't say NXT was inconsequential. I think NXT won tonight. Warren, what do you think? Oh, I agree. I think uh, I think NXT won tonight. Two good shows, though, but NXT won. Alex, how about you? NXT. No, cool. So we are in agreement. NXT will kick off this show. I had somebody in the comments go, Sean, your volume's low. Cool. So we are in agreement. Turn up your volume. I was the only person that had spoken as of that point. <laughs> Dang, guys. So we're going to talk NXT, and I do think it was the better show. And that being said, I don't think AEW is a bad show, but it was an inconsequential show. You could have just not watched this AEW show and been fine. We'll talk more about that, but NXT had a couple of consequential matches on it. Uh, one of them that I, I didn't think was that consequential and actually a little bit disappointed in, Velveteen Dream and Bobby Fish, was not the match that I had anticipated it very much seemed like an empty arena, let's get the hell out of here type of match. Alex, how, how'd you feel about this one? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, here's the deal. The, the first things first. You start off the night with a Velveteen Dream match, and for some reason, Sam Roberts is the color guy. So you know it's going to be a chore to, to get through to listen to. Because that guy's, his shtick is, I hate Velveteen Dream. He sucks, and everything he does is bad. So I'm going to say how bad he is, and that's basically the whole thing, the entire yeah. way through. I had to mute it a couple of times because, listen, I know you're trying to be the heel color guy, Sam, but the thing about Bobby Heenan is he was entertaining to listen to as well as being the guy who was on the side of all you know all the bad guys. Like, you're not entertaining. There's nothing that you do is funny or self-deprecating or any of that. Mm -hmm. um, but the match, yeah, was kind of... Didn't it didn't didn't do it for me? I think a lot of a lot of Velveteen Dream, a lot of what he is is a showman, and you really can't be a showman to a bunch of empty chairs. It's hard to like get the 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 rise out of the crowd, and he's he 
feeds off of because he a lot of it what he does is like fight from underneath. He's he's really fun to watch, but he also is a very sympathetic baby face. I love what he does as far as like you know uh, selling uh, his 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 facial uh, emotions are really great, but that doesn't translate to nobody. So it's hard to translate from that audience rooting for him to us at home. It doesn't didn't quite give it to me, you know. Reminder, guys, donate a super chat any amount. Get your question or statement read on the air. If you want as many questions answered as you can think of, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. You still have time for my Q&A show this week. Uh, And whenever we go under 500 subs, we do those every other week. You get us back over that. We'll be doing that weekly. But uh, I think I've filmed the show either. Yeah, I film it tomorrow, I believe. So I'll answer hundreds of questions. It's probably going to be a good hour long. But if you want to donate a Super Chat, Go ahead and do that now. We're also doing trivia tomorrow. Search around for that. We're not trying to get kicked off YouTube, so we're, we're being careful with that one. But uh, <laughs> we've got a super chat from Andrew Nally, another very generous one. I, uh, thank you, Andrew. You've been very good to us this week. He says, Sam Roberts definitely helped the Velveteen Dream, or hurt the De- Velveteen Dream match. Also agree with Alex that Dream's gimmick doesn't translate to an empty arena. Alex, I'm I'm with you there, man. It it seemed a little off. Well, that's the whole thing is that you shouldn't. There should never be a, an opportunity to, for you to find a, that hole in your game. Mm-hmm. Like if if what you do is connect to a crowd, that's one of the most important things that a wrestler can do. And if you remove that crowd, and therefore that part of who you are as a wrestler is null and void. Like, you shouldn't ever have to come a, come a, across a situation that points that out. But in this case, unfortunately, that's something that you, you kind of notice that a lot of what, what Dream does is play up to, to play to the audience in various ways. And if there's no audience, that's not there. I'd just like to chime in real quickly about Sam Roberts. Uh, I listened to him. I listened to his interview with Steve Austin, you know, the one that everyone's talking about. He's very good as being a broadcaster. He's like, an amazing he's, broadcaster. He's very good at what he does. The 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 heel thing just comes off as markish, if you do pardon the the terminology, and that's what and it rings hollow. And that's why he's insufferable once he's on WWE TV. But otherwise, he, he his sit down with Stone Cold was really good. Yeah. Had he started in wrestling as opposed to broadcasting, do you think that would that would hit differently? Because a lot of people see him as broadcaster who wanted to work for WWE, not heel color commentator. First the, the and foremost, way, if if there was if there had been a way for him to to be integrated and develop a heel character, right? Like really develop a. A, a personality where you really don't like him because he was involved in a storyline at some point, maybe. So probably, yeah, maybe coming up through wrestling would have been a little better, right? I, I, I just think if he had been, if he had been a part of a storyline where there was a reason for him to turn heel, probably we'd get a, we'd get behind it a little easier. But here it just feels very, very forced and like, hey, I'm going to do it now. Uh, no, it, it it just doesn't connect, and it's too bad because he's really good at what he does. Speaking of really good at what he does, we've been asking for Stokely Hathaway on WWE TV for like two, three years at this point. <laughs> he is with a team that is badly going to need him. And uh, Malcolm Bivens cuts a promo. I thought it was a pretty good one. It introduces Bivens Enterprises. Now, the thing is, it's going to be an uphill battle to get these guys over, but putting them with him is a pretty good crutch, Alex. If if they if they want them to get over and they got him talking, they at least have that going for them. Yeah, it's true. Um, I, I was trying to because I was when they when they called them Bivens Enterprises, I was like, isn't that what Robbie E's thing is? Robert Stone Enterprises? No, it's the Robert Stone brand. Yes, but that's basically the same thing. Like you've yeah. decided to call them. They're basically the same thing. It's. It's one little little black guy, one little white guy. They both got a brand or an enterprises. Like, there's ways of creating these guys as managers that isn't like weird, you know, carbon negative versions of each other. You know, that's kind of odd. And I, what I saw was when I looked that up, that Robbie Stone, Rob, Robert, you know, uh, Rob Robert Stone, was managing these guys on the Florida Loop. These two dudes, 
Um, and they decided we're going to take them from you because you've got Chelsea Green. We're going to give them to Bivens, but we're not letting Bivens be Bivens. Yeah, like that guy's so funny and and just he just he he's he he lights up a microphone with with his sarcasm and all that kind of stuff. It's great. I love it. This isn't utilizing him to, to their potential, but also them standing there in the suits, open throat collars, like they're they're already bodyguarding for Jinder Mahal. Like it's already <laughs> happening. Yes. Like like that's absolutely the thing that they're going to be doing. WWE so just got tired of waiting on gender to be ready. That's true. <laughs> a reminder: somebody says to get notifications, tap the bell, and select all instead of personalized, and they should work. That would help us incredibly, guys, especially this week. Now, uh, here's a little note: I have had a Robbie E making a finisher in the can for about two years now. Take a guess of what that finisher is, because I'm very particular about these. I don't really do a lot for not established finishers. His finisher is nothing. (laughs) Because he never won matches. We discussed (laughs) what he would do because he didn't have a solid finish. That's funny. I was very proud of that one. Who knows? You might not see that till 2024. I don't know. We get Dexter Loomis defeating Jake Atlas, debuting Jake Atlas. And I know a lot of people were surprised because they're like, oh my gosh, it's Jake Atlas's first. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Jake Atlas is not like a gigantic Adam Cole-level indie star. He was bubbling under at the time he got signed, and it was very much a, well, we better go ahead and get this guy before somebody else does because we're going to want him. Dexter Loomis, on the other hand, is a guy I've been hearing a lot of positive stuff about. And this is uh, an interesting stat. He was on NWA. He was on TNA. His last cable televised pinfall or submission win, 2013. He won like six years ago in a straight jacket match. But besides that, he's on on pay-per-view, iPay-per-view, internet shows, explosion, stuff that hasn't been cable televised. So that's wild and he's like in his mid 30s now he's like 36 i remember watching him when he was in his late 20s and you could see what what tna had planned they wanted to make him the gimmick that stone cold steve austin abandoned years and years ago the ruthless cold-blooded killer it's just they went so tna with it that it became ridiculous they would have the the invisible camera in there where he's about ready to murder people. I think he was chloroforming people. I I can't remember if it was Sam Shaw that pushed was it Sam Shaw that pushed Mickey James in front of the train? I think I, I think so. I think you're right. Yep. Well, as we saw, she's alive and well. Oh my god. But the thing is, Dexter Loomis is very good at this role. Uh, he wins with submission. Alex, how do you feel about this? I don't know how much Sam Shaw you've seen in your day. No, not not too much. But I mean, like, the, the, I, I love the Dexter Lemus character. Like, you, the thing is, is that if you if you commit to a bit, like, I'm 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 already on board. Like, if you just if you like say you say to yourself, this is kind of ridiculous. The dude with 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 the very you don't know mid mid century Germany haircut. Also, it was mustache. it was James Storm, not Dexter Loomis. Oh, I apologize. Uh, well, you know, it's, well, you know, it's kind of who gives a shit. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I I I I love um, his the stare. The the music is very creepy. His entrance is very like I like all that. He's got a very interesting look. Um, I love the finish, like a side effect into a, like a, a sleeper. And then after the guy passes out, he just cradles him in his lap for yeah. a little while. That's wonderfully creepy. I'm, I don't know what the ceiling is for a character like this. Um, but I honestly, I didn't, I didn't know what the ceiling was for Velveteen dream as a baby face either. And look at that. So who knows what I, I don't, but again, I, I don't ever seen that heard this guy talk as Dexter Loomis. Yeah. I don't know what, what, what that, what that would be. Well, he did used to do the narration for 10 Pounds of Gold back in the day. If there's one thing, just very quickly, like he currently is the most advantageously positioned wrestler because he's he wrestles with gloves, full gloves. 
So that, that that's a lesson right there. Uh, also, uh, it's uh, you could do a lot worse. Sometimes you need like a Skinner on your roster. Sometimes you need a repo man on your roster. You need somebody that picks up a few wins here and there, but then gets gets beaten by the top guys, and that's okay. Uh, you just don't want to make it. The thing that where I ran into issues is when like Tyler Breeze was that guy, but you knew Tyler Breeze was never going to win that match, and they kept putting him in those types of matches. Well, after you knew that, you got to move on to somebody else. But then that's when people just don't get used at all. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll see. But I, I liked him tonight. I thought it worked really well. Uh, we see a video package for Killer Cross. So he's coming. We get the recap of the Johnny Gargano. Maso Champa brawl, but then we get a qualifier for the gauntlet match. Dakota Kai wins. Shotzi Blackheart ran the table until then. Beat uh, Deanna Perrazzo, who, man, I, I feel bad for this woman. She cannot get on TV. And when she does, they have her lose, like, very quickly. She beats Zia Lee. She beats Aaliyah. So, like... <laughs> What little excitement I had for Zia Lee and Aaliyah, I'm like, why, why should I care why these two losers want to fight each other? Why do I give a shit? I don't. I mean, I barely did to begin with, but now I super don't. Yeah. And then Dakota Kai picks the bones. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez helps out a lot. I thought this was fine, but I liked it because it had stakes. There was a reason for me to watch this. Yeah. Um, uh, Shotzi uh, getting pushed uh, in, in that role. Uh, the gauntlet role, it, WWE in all its forms, Raw, SmackDown, or NXT, they can't seem to get away from Babyface starts out the match, goes almost all the way, but can't quite pick up the victory. It's like, you know, there's there's other ways of winning gauntlet matches. They fell in love um, with it after Kofi. They really <laughs> did. Um, I got Kofi but, over, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, that's what got Kofi over. over. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I thought this was all well and good, but yeah, I I don't understand why you have this match if Zia Lee and Aaliyah don't meet up during it. And Zia Lee lost really quickly to Shotzi. So it wasn't like, I'm like, am I supposed to think that Zia Lee was, was, had a good shot at getting in the ladder match until Aaliyah beat her up backstage? Because I don't. I don't think that. I, I, certainly on after tonight, um, uh, Dakota Kai absolutely is should be the sixth woman in yes. this ladder match. That makes sense. Um, I guess we we kind of got Shotzi over in the in the process of her losing, so so that's good. But I, I agree, Deanna Perrazzo is far too talented to mm-hmm. be stuck in this particular role in in this women's division. There's I no mean, reason I, that she and Deanna shouldn't be teaming on either Raw or NXT. Yeah, Chelsea, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. There's no reason that she and Chelsea should not be teaming on one of those two brands and anybody could be in the role that Chelsea's in right now. But I don't think that anybody could be in the role with Deanna. They, they're real life, really good friends. I'm sure they have great chemistry that that stuff translates really well. Ah, man. But uh, Dakota Kai ends up getting the win. She's in the ladder match. She should be Warren. Your thought about adding her into that. Oh, there was no question uh, that she had to be in it. When um, like, uh, honestly, it was a toss-up to me when when everything was announced. So okay, well, logically, it should be Dakota Kai, but I could see them going with Shotzi since you know they they seem to be keen on her. They had her had that moment a few months ago uh, at the uh, the uh, battle royal that they had, you know, where she where she took out Shayna and then she had her match with Shayna where she didn't uh, tap out to the Kirifuda clutch. So I was, so I kind of felt well. It could either go. It could go either way. But logically, Dakota should go. But then when Shotzi started, I called it. I said, "Well, she's going all the way. She's going to have the Iron Man performance, and Dakota's going to do it." Well, there you go. But I, there's no complaining about Dakota Kai. She's been properly. Uh, pro- there's been proper investment put into her. Her character, I think, needed that kind of win as well, as far as a heel character goes. Plus, Tegan Knox is in the latter match as well, so that story continues. Uh, no, this was a this was a great outcome. It's a good addition to the ladder match. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so I kind of hope that I don't know if they got all the matches in the can for NXT, but if they do, wouldn't mind if one if you had just one takeover match 
main event each one of these and supplement the rest with your Zia Lees versus Aaliyah's. And then mm-hmm. another week you can do Dakota versus Shotzi in, in an actual one-on-one match. You can do that stuff and supplement these shows and you can get five weeks out of it, hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, I know that they had the plan to do that anyway, but I don't know if they were going to do two in one night or whatever. But if you do one each week, you do get that element of like, okay, we're seeing something that was designed to be more than what we're watching right now. And when we got that tonight, I think that put it over AEW a lot. We saw stuff Mm -hmm. that was designed for NXT TakeOver, and it made it feel more important. Uh, Kushida and Joaquin Wilde, uh, was not one of those, although it was it was fine. I love walk. Or I love uh, Kashida rather. I actually did love the Sam Roberts line where he said, "If Joaquin Wild wins this match and gets a haircut, he'll be in prime contention in NXT." I was like, "Yeah, okay, okay, <laughs> you, you, you did that one well." Uh, <laughs> Kashida wins, and Alex, guys like this gotta win sometimes. Otherwise, it's like, why the hell did you even sign Kashida? Yeah, no, that's that's the other thing. That's, I've been I've been kind of wondering that myself. If, if you've if you brought him in, you you got to use him. You you got to push him. He's mm-hmm. he's considered to be one of the one of the best wrestlers in the world. And not he, just not just brought him in. You brought him in with fanfare. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And so to to bring him in and, and like I know he 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 was injured for a bit. I don't know what the plan was for him before he got injured, but it didn't seem like they were strapping a rocket to him at the time. So it just there's there's not they don't have two main roster brands worth of stuff for him to do. So if they're not pushing him toward the North American title or or the uh, or the actual title or the the putting him putting teaming him with Alex Shelley, which I thought was a thing they could have done, maybe should have done, and then move them toward the tag titles. Then I don't know. All he all he has left to do is beat Joaquin Wild, I guess. At least he's not losing to Joaquin Wild. That's one thing. That's the best thing we can say about it. Yeah, that's that's really it. That's all there is. And Kushida just he's he's there. He's there. After the match, Kushida claps for Wild. They shake hands. We go backstage, and uh, we're <laughs> we see Joaquin Wild get abducted by the same people who abducted Raul Mendoza. Now, no offense, but uh, I cannot think of a stable that I would be. Le- okay, wait, Forgotten Sons. <laughs> Forgotten Sons. <laughs> and let me tell you, if they are being kidnapped by the Forgotten Sons, because <laughs> 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 the thing is, it fit, already forgot about him, had yeah. already forgotten that Raul, Mendo- Raul Mendoza got kidnapped. Ah, uh, Warren, what's going on here? I have no idea. This is You probably have the best theory going right now. Uh, it's best, most likely, maybe. (laughs) No, no, the most like, the most like, I like your idea, Sean. I want it to be that. But the most likely thing is that it's, they're debuting King Cuerno, El El Hijo del Fantasma. Um, uh, because that, that guy's, you know, I I love him as a a besuited luchador who's basically conscripting guys into into like kidnapping them and brainwashing them to be his henchmen. I'm totally into, but you're right. Unless he's like bombing Joaquin Wild with gamma radiation, I don't I don't know how intimidating he's going to wind up being even if he puts on a uh, lucha mask. Yeah, we have several super chats. Dan Heyman says, "Aaliyah has come a long way since appearing on Breaking Ground. At what point if at all do you see WWE pull the trigger on her?" Putting her on the main roster, maybe a valet plus wrestling. She's lingered in NXT for nearly five years. I think there's a reason for that. I think so, too. I I I, mean, she's come a long way, but that ain't saying a lot. She completely whiffed a corner kick on Shotzi Mm -hmm. tonight. Taped. Uh, Yeah, taped. Taped. Poor girl. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a reason why she's been in NXT for five years. She just is not that good. I don't think she's that good. Maybe a valet thing where she wrestles here and there like Zelina. Maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Because, I mean, Zelina's not the smoothest worker in the world. And, I mean, go to her cage match profile. She doesn't wrestle that much. That's just that's just where we are with that. Andrew Nolly says, There's so much talent on the main roster that could use Malcolm Bivens, especially Cedric Alexander. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, not to be a spoiler, but Warren, for ECW month in May on Fightful Select, we're reviewing RVD Jerry Lynn, and we talk about how like RVD could cut his own promos, uh, uh, even a whole lot better than Bill Alfonso. Mm-hmm. But there was <laughs> some sense of obnoxious level of just, ugh, where you knew he was good, he knew he was good, but the thing is, Bill Alfonso was the loudest about him being good because he had a whistle. <laughs> And it's one thing to give people that are shitty a guy like Malcolm Bivens. But when you give a really good talent a guy like Malcolm Bivens, I think that sets him over the top, Warren. Yeah, absolutely. And and to a certain extent, it fuels the mouthpiece as well, right? It gives energy to... Uh, to whoever is is, is, is the, to the manager of the valet, whoever was supposed to put him over, because yeah, I would argue that Alfonso wouldn't have been all that loud if RVD wasn't as great as he was. And imagine imagine Cedric pulling off this incredible stuff in the ring, and then Malcolm Bivens having to 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 sell it to put it over on top of it. See, that's the thing is that he has to go even higher, even louder, even bigger than what. The performer is doing in the ring. Cedric can do amazing things. Uh, it'd be a natural match. It'd be a natural, natural match. Taryn Riddick says Kushida versus Devlin for the cruiserweight title next. I don't hate that idea, man. Uh, some of my favorite matches are those uh, Kyle O'Reilly Kushida matches that that happened. Ah, oh, man, I, I just loved it. Kristen Ashley says this is for Warren. She is really abusing the system right here. Half for last night, half for tonight, because Warren is just too big for one night. Thank you, baby. I disgust myself for having read that aloud. <laughs> I am a sellout, and I it, I have failed each and every one of you. All you people that are watching right now, all three and a half of you that YouTube actually let know that we were on the air tonight, I failed you. Maurice, I will get to your question after the NXT review. We have the NXT North American Championship triple threat match. Keith Lee defends against Dominic Dijakovic and Damian Priest. A sirloin beef sons of bitches battle. But this is like, I don't know, it'd be like if you developed, it's like cops compared to RoboCops. Like, this is the RoboCop version of Sirloin Beef Sons of Bitches. Because they can do all the Sirloin Beef Sons of Bitches stuff, Alex. But they can also do all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, Damian Priest, I almost called him Punishment Martinez, does what ACH called the Air Jordan. Where he steps in the second rope and then does the Tope Conhilo over to the top. I'm like, damn, I can't believe that. I remember he would do, like, the Undertaker dive over the top. But he would do it over the ring post. Yep. So you got three guys that are supremely talented here. Keith Lee retains in a good match per like what you would expect. Yeah, no, this is this was I mean what I would what I would expect. I, I this this one this is this is one of the first ones that I, that we've seen in the empty arena era where I'm like god I I would love to see what what the full sale crowd would would pop for in this match. Some crazy feats of strength and like you said, giant dudes doing super athletic stuff that, that that the NXT crowd would just go nuts for. And I don't know that that I mean I, I'm watching at home going, damn, you know, like that's the kind of thing. That, but that's me alone watching this thing. I can imagine what like a crowd would pop for at certain things. And there's really big, amazing spots. The multiple power bombs um, from of 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 Priest. On to Jijak by by Lee. That was great. Uh, there was one moment that I think was uh, just Sam Roberts' highlight of the entire evening, where um, Dijak th- threw a priest onto uh, Lee, who then used him like as a battering ram on onto uh, Dijak. Yeah. And 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 Roberts, with no hint of irony, goes, "Keith Lee just hit Dijak 
with Damien Priest. Like, are you interpreting for the blind? Like, yes, we all saw that. You don't need to, like, spell it out for us. But this was all very, very, uh, very good. Uh, the big, big power moves. I, I loved the finish with uh, with uh, uh, Priest getting his asp out. Uh, the uh, the extended, um, that's what it's called. Uh, I, I, I looked it up. I had to look it up for something. Uh, it's an ass. You gotta hit that P or else people are gonna be upset. I was gonna say, um, I, I hope that you Googled that name and ass out. Yeah. <laughs> no, didn't. Uh, his extendable nightstick, and he actually used it to like counter the feast your eyes, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Uh, pounced out of the ring. Uh, spirit bomb, one, two, three. Keith Lee was the right guy to win this. Um, his, his, his push doesn't end in the middle of the empty arena era. I'll say, I'll say that. And if you don't want your push to end in the middle of something that you have planned, check out bluechew.com. That's right. Bluechew.com can give you a good solid erection and an increased sexual performance. Let's be real. You do not need to be going to the doctor. If you can avoid it, you do not need to be going to the pharmacy. If you can avoid it. And that's just me being real with you guys. As I always am when it comes to dick stuff. Stay away from the doctor. Stay away from the pharmacy. Unless, like, you're dying or something. Of course, go then. But let me tell you, she or he is going to be dying for that dick when you use BlueChew.com code FIGHTFUL. BlueChew.com code FIGHTFUL gives you the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. But you don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't have to get some stuff just to get a boner. This isn't for people with a problem necessarily, although if you have one, it can it can fix that as well. It's for people who want that extra while they're quarantined. Make it, make it if you're going to spend time at home, at least make it memorable. People are already running out of stuff to do. You will not run out of stuff to do when you use Blue Chew. It's chewable so it can get into your system a lot faster. You can take it on a full or empty stomach, and you get your first shipment free when you use that code FIGHTFUL. That's right. I, Sean Ross Sapp, am going to give you an erection for free. Just pay $5 shipping. <laughs> I will take full responsibility for it. The greatest dicksman in wrestling media will take responsibility for this. And you can tell everybody, you know what? It was because of him. And I hope you all tweet at Blue Chew and say that as well. Let them know you heard about them from Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Us. <sighs> Andrew Nolly says, who's next for Keith Lee? I'd love to see uh, Matt Riddle if Pete Dunn is stuck at home for an extended period of time. How, what do you think, Warren? Jackson Riker! Come on, Man. give it to us! It's the match we all deserve! Man. It's the one that w- we'll never forget, Jackson Riker, moving forward. No, Matt Riddle's the best choice. What do you think, Alex? Uh, well, you know... Uh, Either Tommaso Ciampa or Johnny Gargano is going to need something to do because they're not allowed to face each other after this match. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming Tommaso Ciampa eventually goes back after uh, Adam Cole. Johnny Gargano versus Keith Lee would be certainly uh, an odd couple pairing. I like that idea. I like that one. That was NXT. Maurice says Sean Habib versus Tony. 
Is the UFC version of Sting versus Undertaker at this point? Any chance Connor steps in? No chance. They are not going to forgo a four, five, six million dollar gate just to run a show during this situation. I would not be surprised if UFC did not have an event next month or this month. You just can't. That fight, I hate that it's not happening, but Habib was dumb. Habib was dumb to go back to Russia. He had to know that he was going to get put on lockdown after that. A dumb. Dumb. It was dumb. It was very dumb, guys. And now we probably won't have an event to cover, which we shouldn't anyway. But we do have WrestleMania this weekend. A reminder, me and Denise made our predictions. They are on the channel. Warren, I'm pretty sure you'll have some sort of wacky prediction show this week. <laughs> Am I right? Who knows? Who knows? It will be so, might, we'll be surprised. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll probably, some, probably be something I'll to pop plug up your somewhere. channel, but whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, the best way to figure out is to subscribe. YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Hit that bell. <laughs> Hit that bell. Hit that bell. If you hit our bell, it just doesn't have the thing in the middle of it. That's how YouTube treats us. You can wail away on that bell all you want. It just ain't going to make a goddamn sound. (laughs) AEW, this was a very inconsequential show. It really was. Which is rare. It is. It is rare. And the way that I think we had kind of hypothesized, I can't remember if it was even off the air. We all kind of hope that they did this because they taped a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what we were hoping, and I do hope that they did that because, you know what? If you gotta, if you gotta just lay down a bunt one week, I'm okay with that. If you're putting in other good stuff, just get the hell home and stop doing shows for a while. I mean, experts are saying that maybe in a couple of weeks this thing's going to reach its peak, then kind of go down a little bit. And hopefully that's the case. We got the goddamn, pardon my language, the lead singer of Fountains of Wayne dying now. Yeah. He ain't in, mm-hmm. he ain't in his 60s or 70s. Guy's 52. Sad stuff. Dante V says, Warren corpsing during the ad read? Send for the man. Dante with a big super chat. I appreciate you, my friend. I appreciate it. I hope, I hope, Dante, that because you spent so much on that super chat, you don't spend a lot on Blue Chew. You get it for free, and then I give you an erection. Rob Wilkins says, "Is Hoofhearted a good name for a horse?" I thought Hunter Horse Helmsley was a very good name for a horse. That's probably the best. Yeah, yes. I thought so too. Yep. We had Trent versus Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is on a roll, man. Yep. And this is, I mean, this is a guy who broke his hand a month ago, Warren. And he's yep. he's wrestled and he's had two bangers back-to-back weeks. He is an EVP. He's stepping up and he's having real long matches to kind of cover for the fact that they can't have a lot of people there. What, what did you think about this match? I thought this was a real good match. Uh, Kenny Omega with a broken wrist. Ha-ha! He defended. He worked uh, in the uh, in New Japan with a broken ankle during mm-hmm. the uh, the end part of his uh, of his tenure there. So, pasha, there's nothing that'll keep this man down, especially not a broken wrist. I really liked this match. I thought it was. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect out of it at first. I like Trent. I, Trent uh, Trent's a good worker. I like him, so I knew it wouldn't be bad. But what I what I really liked is at some point Trent started to play dirty. And working the, working the wrist. And then Omega's like, okay, you want to play like this? I'm going to play like this. They start tossing each other out onto the floor. I love the spot where uh, where Omega goes, does the rise of the Terminator and all onto all three members of best friends on the outside. Yeah. And, the, and the guys and the guys and gals in the audience are like, move out of the way! <laughs> <laughs> I, I love having roster members there to heckle. Yeah. I yeah. dig that so much. And uh, I love that Chuck Taylor has been on a mission to say shit on TNT for Mm -hmm. months. But Trent said it, and he even tweeted. He's like, Trent just said shit on TNT right in front of me. Can you imagine the disrespect? (laughs) I love it. And Kenny Omega, man, this is 
this is the guy that I say it every week. This is the guy that I missed most of last year. This is the guy that I was like, where, where is he? Where's the best wrestler in the world? Since we've done match ratings for Fightful, I think I've given four matches, 10 out of 10s, and I think three of them have Kenny Omega in there. And that ain't a coincidence. That ain't a coincidence. The guy's really good, and, and we're seeing that weekly now. Well, oh, when you, and when you see it right, what you see tonight, like you said, on an inconsequential episode in an empty arena against Trent, no disrespect, yes. but I mean, it's not, we're not talking about Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP heavyweight title, you know, yes. it's not against uh, Chris Jericho for the uh, AEW title, it's against Trent, and he's going all out, this was a good solid match, super aggressive, I really dug it, it was a great way to start the show, um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and even though I mentioned at the top of this that this was a more inconsequential show, the beauty of AEW is their rankings matter. If somebody goes on a three-match winning streak and a singles match, it matters. If somebody is 4-0, 4-1, 5-1, whatever, it matters. And I like that. It, it isn't the only thing that matters, but it does matter. We get a video package <laughs> airing about Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy. We saw another video package later about the inner circle. And Alex, I don't know how much of this you saw, but one of my favorite parts was Jericho talking about how they don't drink on the job in the inner circle, and he's sitting at a bar <laughs> while he does that. <laughs> like, they, yeah. they do little things on AEW that I'm just like, ah, so clever. Yeah, no, I, I, I do love, I mean, I didn't get a chance to really listen to it, but the one about Jake Hager and, and Mox like. Just the way that, that Sammy Guevara is there, being very earnest about how you know, we, have, we totally would support uh, Jake if he became uh, AEW a, a champion because we we're all we're all family here, and it's just they're so obviously full of it. But but I love how earnest they are about it. But my favorite thing about all of AEW tonight was uh, was Jericho saying "release the hounds." That that was <laughs> that was my favorite thing about the entire two hours. <laughs> that was all gold. All that was gold. We also saw a Brody Lee video package, and I've done a little bit of a 180. I was talking to Jimmy Van on today's show, and I kind of realized just because I'm so immersed in wrestling news and I've heard all the stories about sneezing and coughing and yawning around Vince McMahon, a lot of people haven't. For the people that know, they know and they understand. But there are quite frankly, the majority of people who have no clue and they mm -hmm. just think that Brody Lee is this controlling, psychotic asshole. And I think it's working really well for him. I thought this week's landed a lot better than last week's. But Warren, what did you think? You know, when when you write books, you, people, you know, people always say to an author, what inspires you? And the author says, oh, I write about things I know. Well, there you go, Brody Lee. Vent, vent, use whatever experience you have had with Vince McMahon to create this oddly compelling, literate, yes. angry, articulate bad guy who <laughs> wears, uh, who's also mysterious and wears a hood. I dig it. I really, I agree. Tonight was landed a lot better than last week. And he, you know what? I'm kind of thinking what they're, what he's doing. I think he's going to thin out the Dark Order. As as, as Evil Uno was just collecting putties right and left, here he's like, he's sitting around a table, he's got one guy who says, say the line, basically, right? Is what he's mm -hmm. telling him. And he sort of says it, you know, uh, half-heartedly. He's like, get the hell out of here. And then the other guy's yawning, yawning his weakness. Then we have a match, and then he goes and powerbombs one of the guys. I don't think he's a strength in numbers guy. I think he's a let's get the best people Quality here. Quality over quantity. Hey, we, we all saw the foot soldiers for years get their asses whipped. They didn't amount to anything. As That's you mentioned, guy. the putties on Power Rangers. Yep. We saw them get beaten up all the time. That's yep. no offense to Silver and Reynolds, but that's what they were. I was I was surprised when AEW announced that they got signed, and that's not me disrespecting them because they are both very good in the ring, but I was just very surprised considering how stacked that division is. But, but anyway, it. that, it's it's a great gimmick so far. I think he's doing a, a, a good job, and you can already you can already feel like he's 
emancipated. And if you haven't listened to his interview on Talk is Jericho, yeah. I love the guy even more now. It was fantastic. It oh, was, it was good, very good. good stuff. Hikaru Shida defeated Anna J. Imagine being an enhancement worker that gets a <laughs> that gets a call to do a match. Because you got to be conflicted. Because one, you're missing a lot of bookings right now. But mm-hmm. two, you got to brave the elements and <laughs> go in around all these people. Hikaru Shida ends up getting the win. Uh, Hikaru Shida has a few words with Britt Baker, who is eating a sandwich at ringside and takes off her shoe. Britt Baker removing her shoe is one of my favorite parts of this show for reasons we'll get into later. Warren, how'd you feel about this enhancement match? Uh, thank goodness it was Sheeta guiding this match because I think any other woman uh, would have made it a lot less palatable because Anna Jay was, I thought her offense was soft. Uh, she whiffed a couple of things, which you can chalk up to nerves. I understand. This isn't necessarily a knock. It's the first time I see her work, but I, was, I wasn't impressed. But there were moments where I was like, thank God. This is Sheeta here who is able to cover up, who's able to work off of it. Uh, and I, I, again, and I'm, I, we've had this discussion before. It's odd to me that you will have one of your top female wrestlers, your number one contender for the world title, be in a competitive match with a, a one-time uh, flash-in-the-pan worker who's coming in here to enhance her. I'm not asking for 10-second squashes. I'm not necessarily asking for a minute squash, but there was a lot of back and forth in a match where I figured that, you know what? Sheeta should mow her down because Sheeta has to face Nyla Rose. Yes. If we want her to be credible to fight Nyla Rose, she has to make swift business of her opposition. I... I don't know if Anna is at the Nightmare Factory. If she is, then I think that'd probably be a good reason why she got some offense. But still, Sheeta needs to mow her down. You're right. I agree. Ah, man. Also, I just want to say, the next squash match, terrible business, terrible booking. If Marco Stunt was 100%, he would have had this match. He would have beaten Lance Archer. (laughs) He's had a tough week. Legitimately, condolences to him for losing his grandmother. He was ill a couple weeks ago. And I think, you know what? Pick yourself up. up, Try again. This can't be the result that AEW wanted. Marco Stunt losing to this newcomer, Lance Archer. (laughs) But seriously. Apparently, he's worked in Japan. Yeah. Seriously, this ruled. Um, Japanese deathmatch legend, I believe, is what they called him. (laughs) I love Lance Archer using the pounce. I think it's awesome. Uh, I think Lance Archer, uh, I can't remember if it was him or somebody else that that had debunked the Monty Brown Twitter, the fake Monty Brown Twitter on, uh, on there. I can't remember if it was him or if it was another account that he debunked. But him using the pounce, I love, because he was in TNA at the time that Monty Brown was. And this huge slam, this blackout that he does, is awesome. And I saw somebody say, oh, uh, that's a movie you can do to everybody? He doesn't have to. Baron Corbin can't do the end of days to everybody. But when he does it, it looks really good. And this does as well. Boy, have they done... They've done more with Lance Archer in in one month than any American promotion has ever done with Lance Archer. And honestly, before his singles run, before one year ago, you could say that for any promotion. And I don't even care if it's Noah or New Japan. I like this this month has sold me on Lance Archer immensely. Uh, what I mean, what a more perfect debut could you have than to put in crowd favorite Marco Stunt, little guy who could... You knew the moment this match was announced what was going to happen. It's not even a question of that. It, 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 the idea, it's the journey, right? It's not the destination. And boy, that was 
awesome. And it was perfect. You put your crowd favorite, a guy that everyone is naturally behind. And in your heart of hearts, you could say to yourself, maybe Marco stands a chance. No, Marco doesn't stand a chance. And that was fine. And then after the match, launching Marco off the apron into the audience, like over the, the barricade and onto, I think it was the best friends. That what a visual. That was so good. That w- uh, Like you said, they established Archer perfectly. Perfectly, perfectly, perfectly. He looks like a monster. An absolute- and, and here again, this is Marco Stunt's role in AEW, and I wish people would get off his back. He's too small. He's too- They're not booking him like he's Ultimate Warrior. They're yeah. booking him. <laughs> His nickname is Mr. Fun Size. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He's the guy that you root for because he's relatable, because he's 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 fun, he's he smiles. You you want you feel like you could pal around with the with the guy. And that's why it works. So everyone needs to cool the fuck down. And I'm using the F bomb because thank you, Super Chats. Yeah. We're good. But be, because uh because they're using Marco Stunt like Marco Stunt should be used. All the way around. All the way around. Um, as just an inside thing, I would love to see Lance Hoyt in the coming, or Lance Archer in the coming weeks beat Jimmy Rave and Kid Cash on TV in squash <laughs> matches. I I wanted to talk about this uh, this new title and the tournament they're having. Where, for, yeah, they're that's, having that's where we're going right now. Okay, let's good. Let's good. go ahead and talk about this. They announced the TNT Championship, and I shared the majority of my thoughts on listening to you, boy. I, I am not – I'll reserve judgment on the name of the championship. Jimmy hates it. Thus far, and I've had people that are like, oh, well, you don't give WWE the benefit of the doubt. They don't deserve it. They have proven to me time and time again that they're going to do something like that. AEW has shown willingness to adjust whenever it is that they – do something bad. And I understand them not wanting to do a TV title because Ring of Honor already has that. NWA already has that. And really, any title that you can think of is already out there. You don't want to say U.S. You don't want to say Intercontinental. You don't want to regionalize a championship like this because Cody has been very specific in saying, I don't want to call anything a secondary title because once you say that and you reference that, that's Mm -hmm. what it becomes. Uh, instead, it's a TNT championship. We'll see about that. But hey, NASCAR's had the Winston Cup and the Nextel Cup, all that. Mm-hmm. And this is the channel they're on. We'll see. But the uh, the people in the tournament, Sean Spears versus Cody. So you're running one back that has history. Sammy versus Darby. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Kip Sabian versus Dustin Rhodes is a very interesting one. But I think Dustin wins that because Lance Archer has definitely beaten Colt Cabana. And then you get to the finals, and you got to imagine it's Cody and Lance Archer yeah. after Lance has crippled Dustin. Yeah, it's this this thing writes itself. It's it the movie that they are writing is a direct remake of Bloodsport because Lance Archer is Chong Lee who destroys Ray Jackson. Go. Who's that? Who's the arrogant wrestler? That's that's uh that's that's Gold Dust. Not only is like and Frank Dukes, who's obviously Cody Rhodes, is is not even just best friends with the guy who gets crippled by Chong Lee, but it's his brother who's going to get crippled by Chong Lee. And then honestly, I don't know if John Claude Van Damme wins this tournament in this remake of Bloodsport. Yeah, because because I I would I think that that would be certainly a way to go to have Cody win, but. Lance Archer beating Cody with 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 Jake Roberts in his in his uh, in his corner. You push that guy to the moon to make him the first ever TNT champion. That would be a, certainly a way to go too. But but all the rounds are all written to get to a point where it's Cody Rhodes trying to avenge the near death of his brother um, <laughs> against against this monster murder hawk Lance Archer. It's perfectly put together. I will say personally. I'm very disappointed that there's a travel ban because I want Pac in this tournament so bad. Yeah. I love that guy. They should have done the whole thing on Tony Khan's dad's yacht out in the middle <laughs> international of international waters where there are no laws. <laughs> uh, the, 
Um, I, I I completely I love the blood sport analogy. My God, it's yeah. so good. Um, I'm torn because I have Cody and Lance in the finals. I think that's obvious, but I'm torn. I'm torn as to who should win. Uh, I think the way things are being booked and how you want Lance Archer to be projected into the future, I think he has to win. But no, nothing says elevating your secondary title like putting it on Cody Rhodes and letting him run with it for a while. Then that's instant instant elevation right there then it becomes substantial important because your top guy or at least one of your top guy one of your top three guys has worn it it has had was the first guy to wear it and everyone else just uh, everyone else then benefits from the prestige that's instantly added to this title so i'm very torn with the outcome i'm regardless i'm sure i'm going to enjoy it but we'll see what happens and there's the element of well, Cody has this championship, and he might be the best guy in the world, and we, we don't know that because he can't compete for the, the world championship. Right. So you have that element of questioning things. I was watching a movie this weekend, guys, uh, high, high art in the cinema world, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. Are you ready to have your minds blown? Please do. Have you all ever watched The Rundown with The Rock? You what, Warren? No, I haven't what? seen many rock movies. No, I haven't seen many rock movies. What is wrong with you? Well, I mean, the, the, rundown, I have... the rundown is is quite good. Actually, <sighs> okay. do you remember the fellow that he fights in the jungle that swings through on the vine and yes. fights him? That is the little guy that helps out the Ninja Turtles in Turtles yes. Two, and I didn't know it. Yep, I never knew it. Yeah. Damn. Also, why does The Rock speak in broken English when they're talking about Muhammad Ali? And that guy goes, float like butterfly. And then The Rock goes, sting like bee. I'm like, man, <laughs> he'll know what you say if you say sting like a bee. Come on, Rock. <sighs> also, that fellow was in the Donatello costume in the, the first one. Yes, very true. So there you go. Warren. Hey, let's, you, uh, the let's... fact that you have watched AWA Super Clash Three, but have not watched the rundown. <laughs> let's put it on Fightful Select. Let, let's have a review. You you watched Peggy Lee Leather's gams just almost flip flop and fly. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, to each to each man's own level of culture, right? Peggy Lee's chest did a Fosbury flop on that, like. Stole the spiral tap from AJ Styles' repertoire on that show. But you haven't watched the rundown. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. You have to watch that. If, if for nothing else than Christopher Walken. Are we not men? Come oh, on. Christopher Walken's in there? Okay. It's one of his best performances, too. He's amazing <laughs> in it. Ah. <sighs> The Natural Nightmares defeat the Dark Order. We knew this was coming, but hey, a good win for QT and Dustin. What do you think? So, yeah, yeah, no, Did absolutely. Did you not watch that I mean, either? No, no, I watched. <laughs> uh, no, because it was it was a squash match, and that was fine. That's exactly that's exactly what was supposed to happen. I think QT and Dustin are going to work well. I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I'm okay. You know, give guys stuff to do. It's, it feels a little. Feels a little left field, but okay. Let's just see where they go with with Dustin and, and QT moving moving forward. I uh, but in all seriousness, I loved uh, that moment where QT got caught one of the putties and caught him uh, crossways, and then starts flipping him over as if he's going to do a fallaway slam, but instead f- reverses it into a vertical suplex. That was nice stuff. I really really liked that move. Um, otherwise, yeah, I mean, this was, uh, this was fine. The post angle was, uh, was perfect too. Jason checks in the super chat. He says, hi, SRS, AP and MWH. Keep up the good work. We thank you. Uh, Aaron J's fan says, don't yawn guys. You know, it's funny. Jimmy doesn't like yawning. And now that I think of it, he has some kind of Vince-ish behavior with the stupid people segment. I don't like it. I think it should go. And he's like, I don't care. I like it. I'm like, that's a very Vince <laughs> thing to do. 
<laughs> Very Vince thing to do. Uh, Brody Lee comes down to the ring, as you said, nails nine with a power bomb and stares down eight. Cool. Main event. Uh, I was conflicted about the main event. Uh, before this, by the way, we get a Nick Jackson uh, workout promo. That's cool. I'm liking seeing the chronicling of that. But Sean Spears has been losing all the time, especially in tag matches. He wins this match, and quite frankly, he needed a win to seem like he was worth a damn. But we all know mm-hmm. Cody is not losing this match against him. But you, you have him win, so that helps him a little bit, I guess. Does it really, though? Does anybody really think he's going to win? Maybe if they build it up, they, they do some story. I, I don't know. I just don't think there's a way to make me think Sean's going to win. But at the same time, if you're Sean Spears, you got to be like, well, I found my guy. It's the Sammy guy. Let me join the inner circle. I've been losing for months. Yep. And now he found somebody to, to help him win. What, what they do, what they should do, or hopefully what they did immediately is tape a segment for BTE where Sean immediately gets on the phone and he's talking with Tully Blanchard. You know, he FaceTimes him and you have, he's, and he's putting over Sammy Guevara to, to Tully Blanchard. And, and driving that angle home. Because, yeah, that that was the reason of all the interest over Sean Spears over the past few weeks now on Dark and whatever. Who's going to be his tag team partner? He's got him here. I uh, cross over with the, uh, with the inner circle. Sure, I don't mind that. I don't mind that the factions go and would – if the factions went and dipped in other – uh, in other areas outside of their own uh, objectives. We see that all the time in New Japan. That's not a problem. Um, depth, but, I mean, basically, this this match here served to, to tell two tales, essentially. Well, it was, it was basically to set up the whole first bracket, right? Yeah. Because Sean Spears now could pose a threat to Cody Rhodes, but then they're they're setting up the semifinal match yep. where Darby Allen clocked Cody after. So where's that coming from? Oh, that's just to give some a little bit of emotional oomph for when Cody and Darby fight again uh, in a couple of weeks. So that's essentially what this was for. Uh, I don't know if you want how much you want to get into the match on, but I thought I, I was okay. I felt it was a little all over the place, but it was okay. Yeah, the highlight was Cody going over the barricade and all the heels beating him up, including Britt Baker with her shoe, cheesing for the camera, doing that. With her heel. With her heel. heel. Yes. (laughs) Now, uh, if they did not film matches with all these people that were in attendance, they screwed up. If they're there, they better have filmed something there. But uh, after the match, Darby Allin attacks Cody, and I thought that was good. You got to set it up. Uh, Alex, any kind of final thoughts on this as we wrap up? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, Sammy Guevara doesn't like Cody. So what, what this means is that that Darby, because bookers can't usually get away from the heel versus face in the tournament. Yeah. So you, what what allows this is that Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen is going to be a great match. And now I have no idea who's going to win that match. I mean, I don't think it really matters because I think Cody beats whoever it is. But I, I can see Cody versus Darby or Cody versus Sammy, and that's great. I love the idea of Sean Spears kind of like getting on Sammy's good side and Sammy like, you know, try, going to Chris Jericho and saying, hey, maybe we should let this guy, uh, Sean Spears, into the club. And then like Jericho making him do stuff to like earn his spot in the inner circle. There's a lot of things you can do over these next few weeks that don't require being in the ring that they could mm-hmm. all film and do whatever and put on TV and eat up time that way. Um, also, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be time pretty soon for the inner circle to, to, to do their NWO thing where they just bring in everybody. Huh. I'm pretty sure Sean Spears is as good as, as a good as uh, buff Bagwell as anybody else in AEW. Oh my God. <laughs> also, of course the coffin drop off the pole. Very awesome. I saw him do that th- three years ago in San Antonio at the Royal Rumble weekend. That was uh, pretty wild. That was AEW. I thought a pretty solid show. Uh, mm-hmm. Lance Archer was the highlight of this for me. But um, as we wrap up, Warren, let the people know where they can find you. YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes is where you want to head. I have my live uh, weekly recap tomorrow <laughs> evening, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's recorded live. Come join join me over there. Uh, and like uh, Sean was saying, I'm going to be hanging out fight over at Fightful pretty much all weekend. 
Friday with the SmackDown, Saturday and Sunday with uh, with Alex as well for uh, WrestleMania. So come check us out. I just popped for somebody in the chat saying Jericho would tell Sean Spears that he has to delete his TikTok to be in the inner circle. <laughs> I, I have a TikTok. I used it to lurk. Now I just post old Instagram videos on it. Uh, you you guys can check out Alex on Sour Graps. He is here with me this weekend. Reminder, we are live right after WrestleMania, both nights. If you can't find it on YouTube, find it on Fightful.com. It will be there. Thank you, guys. Until next time, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.